My name is Bryce Kala, and I'm a dreamer. Both waking and sleeping, my rich and vivid imagination has been keeping life interesting since I was very little. So I'm going to share those dreams with you, and I'd love for you to share your dreams with me. Let's do this together in a little place that I like to call Somewhere in Dream World. to another episode of the Midnight Notion Somewhere in Dreamworld podcast. My name is Bryce Kala. I am always your host. And today's episode could have been brought to you by pterodactyls. That's right. If you wanted a bird, but you also wanted a dinosaur at the same time, you could have both of those things with a pterodactyl. It would have a long beak and a little bump thing on the back of its head. It would fly and probably eat, I don't know, eggs. Also, if you're a pink Power Ranger and you're looking for a Megazord, this could be the Megazord for you. Pterodactyls, everyone. Try seeing a pterodactyl somewhere near you in the past. (laughs) Uh, This is the podcast all about dreams. Uh, about sleeping dreams, about waking dreams. I share mine, I bring a guest on, they share theirs. And if you want to share yours, you can do that as well. You can write it in to podcast at midnightnotion.com. Just send an email to that address. Or you can call it in at 612-643-0944. Now, this podcast is only a half hour long, and I mean to keep it that way throughout its run, because I like short podcasts, and hopefully you do too. Because of the time restraints, though, that means I I don't always have enough time to get to the listener dreams. Now, that doesn't mean I'm not going to. I am building a bank. I've had several already, a few calls. I played one call last week and a few emails, and I'm really loving these, and I can't wait to share them with you. It just all depends on how much content is already uh, planned, so whether I've guessed or whether it's like this episode and I have a prepared story. This is a themed episode, everyone, because this is episode seven. And seven, I don't know if you know this, but it just happens to be my favorite number. I was born on September 7th, so on September 7th of this year, 2017, I released the first episode of the Somewhere in Dreamworld podcast. So, to celebrate the number seven with the episode seven... I'm going to talk about a dream that I had in high school that eventually became track number seven. And I'm going to play that track for you right here on the podcast. But before we get to that, I think it's time to go to sleep. The dream starts in high school. I was about 15 or 16 years old, both in the dream and in real life at the time. And I was entering into a new season, whether this was a new year at the school, a new quarter, or a new semester. 
that's irrelevant. All I know is that the classes were new, and of course the seating assignments were new. Some teachers chose to let students sit wherever they'd like. Some ch teachers chose to sort them alphabetically. Uh, in this class, I had been, I'm assuming it was English class, I had been assigned to uh, a seat, and it was right next to a young woman that I found very attractive and we were talking right away we were hitting it off right away we were getting along so well that it was just for lack of a better less cliche word just magical and everything in the world seemed right I was so happy to meet this person and I was just jazzed about her presence so the day went on we kept meeting in the halls I walked her to the buses after school and we parted ways and it was one of those separations that was so difficult because you knew you were going to see them again, but you knew that the amount of time that you spend away from this person was just not as good. This person was literally the girl of my dreams. Now, there really isn't much more to the dream than that. Honestly, that's all of the dream. But the thing that makes this dream so impactful was the aftermath. You see, I woke up the next morning and all I could think about was how excited I was to see this person again. And I actually got out of bed, went into the bathroom to take a shower, and I was getting ready. I think I was brushing my teeth and I was still thinking about only her. And I was convinced that this was a real person until I tried to remember her name. And then I realized I had never gotten her name. I had spent this entire day with her and I walked her to the bus and everything was so happy. And I never once even, I, I didn't get her name. What kind of a person doesn't get someone's name that you're so into and you and, and you love so much with all of your heart. How do you not get their name? I mean, I was sitting next to her. Maybe the teacher could have called it out, but I didn't know what her name was. And it was at that moment that I realized the whole thing was nothing but a dream. I was devastated. I mean, where do you even go for, from there? I mean, you... You have this excellent dream that feels so real and it feels like everything is is right in the world and you wake up and you're believing you felt like you experienced a whole day that didn't actually happen. Have you ever had that to you? If you're listening, I would love to know any stories you have that you made it through almost half of the day believing that your yesterday was yesterday when in fact it was actually just a dream. Crazy. So the story continues from there. I was in high school when I had this dream. And, uh, you know, we, we talk a lot about on this podcast about what dreams mean or what they could mean to each individual person. Now, me as a 15 or 16 year old boy, I was interested in dating girls. And that's about all. Uh, but the thing is, is that this person in my dream had a very specific look to her that I remember very clearly and it I came to realize one day in the hallway that this wasn't a girl of my dreams 
this is an actual living, breathing person that I had unknowingly seen. I must have crossed paths with her at some point and maybe didn't like see or notice her, but my subconscious remembered her and placed her into the dreams. We talk a lot about how the prefrontal cortex is off during your the REM state of sleep and how the dreams we see at night are just kind of a collection of emotions and feelings and thoughts and memories and habits. And I've, I've heard over the years of people seeing uh, one person in their dream that they didn't recognize or, or, or that they see someone they do recognize, but they were playing the role of someone else. And I believe that the science is just that. It's just a memory of something that you've seen. Now, of course, you could probably create a person you've never seen. That's definitely likely. I mean, I'm a writer. I've written stories and songs and all that stuff. And I've created fictional beings before. Uh, but sometimes you can pass by someone on the street and not give, not even notice them at all. But their information has entered into your brain at some point. They might have been wearing a coat. So in your dream, in two weeks, a month later, you could see someone you recognize that's wearing a strange coat and be convinced that you've never seen this coat before. But you never know. You could have actually seen it just on the street one day. And so what happened was this person, I eventually did meet the real life person and we became great friends. We didn't end up working out as a as as a dating couple, but we were really good friends and uh, for a long time and and is just a wonderful person. But the thing is is that they played hockey for the school hockey team and this um there in my high school there were posters all over the place of all of the sports teams kind of the oh pride you know sort of things for uh, for the sports team go sports and so there was a poster that I would walk in through the front doors of the high school and I I would walk right by those posters every day and not even I wouldn't I wouldn't even look at the people on them I wasn't super into sports but subconsciously I had seen them I just didn't pay a lot of attention to them and so this girl who was in the picture showed up in my dreams and then I later saw her in the hallway and thought that the person if my dreams had come to life when in reality I had seen someone unknowingly and they made it into my dream world just out of that's something that I had seen on a regular basis. It's crazy how our brains work and I think it's it's something that everyone's probably experienced at some point. But there you go. That's the story of the dream part of Girl of My Dreams. Now, this eventually, the the actual situation of waking up and remembering someone and wanting them to be real when actually they were a dream, that situation hit me hard enough that inspired me to write a song. So around that age, 15 or 16, I wrote a song of the same title, Girl of My Dreams. And I'm going to play that song for you later, but first... I think we should go into some listener dreams. So, without further ado, this first dream comes by email from Donald in Minnesota. So, Donald writes in, and this is, I'm reading this on this episode because it kind of relates to that premonition sort of feel. 
really creepy stuff here. Um, Donald writes, I had a dream the last November my, my dad was alive. Dad was sitting at the chair in the kitchen talking to Doug. He hung up the phone and said that Goofy Doug said that Fleet Farm had a sale on gallbladders. When I woke, I just thought it was funny and basically forgot about it. Then, in January, at the Nebraska hospital, the old man is close to the end of his life because of his gallbladder. Doug calls the hospital to talk to Dad. When Dad hangs up the phone, he said that Doug told him that Fleet Farm had a sale on gallbladders. It gave me the chills. Thank you so much, uh, Donald, for writing in. That is the creepiest thing. Well, maybe not the creepiest thing I've ever heard, but such a specific joke to hear in your dream that several months later you hear again in real life. And I'm wondering if this, um, if your dad um, had joked about gallbladder sales before or had talked to this Doug or if Doug had come over and this is a recurring joke. I don't obviously know these people, but I find it very, very fascinating that this so I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to put this together. So so Donald, there's a lot of D names here, Donald, Dad, and Doug. In the dream, Donald's dad was talking to Doug. And in the dream, Doug said there's a sale on gallbladders. Flash forward from November to January, and the real life Doug is talking to the real life dad who is dying because of his gallbladder. And the real-life Doug says the exact same thing that Dream Doug had said, but it was Donald's dream, not Dad's dream. So, I don't know. That's something... I mean, what else could it be? Is it completely coincidental? Is it premonition? Is it... I mean... Let me know what you think it is. I would love to know your comments. Please comment on on what your thoughts, what your interpretations of this dream are. I, as I keep saying episode after episode, I am not a professional. My job isn't to analyze the dreams, but simply talk about them and maybe riff a little bit about what I think they might mean. But again, none of what I say should really go. It's just a conversation about dreams. So thank you once again uh, to Donald from Minnesota. Thank you for writing in, and I appreciate your listenership. The next dream comes also from Minnesota. Uh, Go figure. And this one comes from Shaylee. Thank you, Shaylee, for writing in. Shaylee had an actor's nightmare, uh, which is very similar to Christopher During's play. It's a one-act play. I've actually, I guess I've never seen the play in real, like, actually being performed, but I've read the script and I really enjoy the play, not just because it has to do with dreams, but because I'm also an actor and I feel like everybody who's ever performed on the stage with a script uh, or having memorized a script has had that moment of, oh no, I don't know my lines. And this one act play is probably one of my favorite depictions of what it's like to go through the complete hell of not knowing what your lines are. So anyway, Shaylee writes in with an actor's nightmare of her own. So she writes, it was a rehearsal and our script was like a 500 page paperback book. And for the life of me, 
I could not find the right page, even though the director and actors are screaming the page numbers at me. So instead, I try to improv the lines, but in contemporary type speak, when the lines are supposed to be in like old English. I wanted to die of embarrassment and shame. The other was a performance. Oh, there's two dreams here. The other was a performance when I knew I had attended rehearsals in the dream, but forgot my lines and blocking. So fellow actors were pushing me backstage, throwing costumes at me. I remember one scene where I was sitting at the head of an impossibly long table where not only the audience is staring at me waiting for my line, but so is every other actor in the cast. Awful. I agree, Shaylee. That sounds totally awful. And I think that, like I said before, every actor, anybody who's ever been in any sort of show business knows that there's this fear. I mean, that stage is like a... It's this golden land where uh, the the art happens. You bring your art to the stage, you perform it to the audience, and naturally you want the audience to be impressed by what you do so that they come back for further shows or more productions that you might be in the future. And so it's a very, very important place. And that high importance, holding it so high in, in, in regard to the rest of your life that... You can be so nervous that you can actually forget your lines for real. And everybody, I feel like, is terrified of that moment, of that just standing up there. I don't, I'm trying to think back to my experiences on the stage and wondering if I've forgotten lines. Now, I was in an improv show where I actually had to memorize lines because the other actor didn't, it was one of those things where I had memorized lines. And the other actor did not have any lines memorized and had no idea what the script was about. And they had to improvise their way through the scene. So it was very much, Shaylee, it's like you were part of the show off book, except you weren't the scripted actor. You were improvising. I was in that show as the scripted actor. But even still, even though I know my lines and the other person has to just make up their way, it's still really really difficult not to forget because the content wasn't matching up. My line would feed that person to say a line they were making up, but the line they were making up wouldn't always necessarily match with the line that I was supposed to say next. So that makes it incredibly difficult to keep improvising or to excuse me to keep on script so I had actually I think two major moments I can recall where I said my line and the improviser started going to town and making up some crazy story and it was hilarious and it was wonderful but then here I am going oh what is that next line and it's super nerve-wracking and I feel for you and every other performer out there who has to do this on a regular basis because I mean, I've had the same thing happen to me. I've actually had uh, nerves that I've been so nervous about a person. Like I just met a person and I really like their presence and just whether it's whether it's a love interest or just a new friend that I get so nervous. I feel like I'm going to say say their name wrong. Have you ever had that? Um, It's it's wild. And um and I don't know, I guess just that means that person is important to you. So I'm assuming that there's not a whole lot of meaning to this dream other than you must just be in. I'm, I'm assuming you're in the acting 
profession or at least you do it as a hobby on a regular basis and that's just one of those dreams there's another dream that a lot of people have is the um going to school and forgetting your combination forgetting your locker combination or what classes you have to go to next you're like in the hallway and you're trying to figure out i think i have to go to science but i don't know if i have to go to science and just being so confused that's a pretty regular dream to have and i know that i've had many of those and i don't think i've ever had trouble in school um, with finding classes or knowing where to go so I don't think there's much else to it. I feel for you for having the dream. I hope you don't forget your lines in real life. Uh, but thank you very much, Shaylee, for writing in. Uh, those are the listener dreams I have for this episode. Now, let's get on to Girl of My Dreams. It's time to wake up. So as I said before, I was about 15 or 16 When I had the girl of my dreams dream and very shortly thereafter, I wrote the song girl of my dreams. Uh, The music was heavily inspired by a band called homegrown, which was a pop punk band from the early 2000s. They didn't really go that far. Uh, but they they made an appearance on a radio station that I just happened to be listened to, and I really liked what I heard, so I went out and bought the CD. I still have it to this day. It's still on my phone, and I still love it. They're just a fun little pop-punk band. They hit the, uh, the they st- struck a chord with me, if you will, when I was 15. They hit all the points of, oh, life is hard because I'm a teenager, and girls are hard to make relations with and I don't know the stuff that angsty teens think about I got a kick out of their style and I still do so uh, check out homegrown yeah that's my advertisement they could have hey they could have brought this episode could have been brought to you by homegrown anyway the music was inspired by that the lyrics were inspired by the dream that I had and I had a few bands off and on uh, throughout high school the second band ever that I was in was called rascality And they're the ones that really played the song. I was the singer and guitarist. You can actually find uh, a video of Rascality somewhere on YouTube. If you want to do the searching, you can find that. Or maybe if you're listening to this on YouTube, I'll put a little card, a little link up there. Uh, Anywho, wrote the song, played it a bunch of times. I mean, I guess we only played five shows, but it was the closer usually. It was usually the uh, the last song that we played every night. And then the song came back because when I was about 22-ish, around the year 2007, 2008, I started working on a project called The Archives 1 through 10. And this feeds into the Waking Dreams portion of this podcast because one of my dreams, as I stated in the first episode, is to make Midnight Notion a real thing. Uh, But more than that is I have over 100 songs just sitting there waiting to be released. So when I first got the ability to record at home, I set up my equipment and I decided to record the first 10 songs that I had ever written. This is literally, at this point, I had probably 70 some, and I just wanted to hear those first 10 for what they should have sounded like, because I never had that opportunity before. I never had recording equipment before. I used to bring out a tape recorder. I actually had a talk boy for the longest time from the movie Home Alone 2, Lost in New York, a talk boy. And I would record myself playing guitar 
And then I would play it back and I would play along with it or harmonize along with it so that I could learn the other parts to the same song. That's how I used to write music. So now that I had the ability to record them all together, I decided, why not, why not just start with those first 10 songs? And so I did. I recorded the first 10 songs and I released it as a project demo called The Archives 1 through 10. And that is still available on CD Baby, on MidnightNotion.com. You can probably listen to it on YouTube. It's all over the place. Um, I'd like you to listen to it for free. I don't, I don't think you should pay for it. It's just a project. It's not really the direction that Midnight Notion is trying to go in. I'll probably play the songs at shows at some point, and I have played Girl of My Dreams at a Midnight Notion show before, but it's not exactly the direction. It's just kind of a me sharing my past with you. I used to be an angsty teenager, and I used to write songs about girls, so... Um, that's what it was. So if you want to listen to that, please do. But, um, meanwhile, while we're at the podcast, why don't we listen to the actual song that this whole episode is about? I present to you now, Girl of My Dreams.
So there you go. What do you think? That has that was Girl of My Dreams uh, by Midnight Notion. Hey, that's me. Uh, I really enjoyed playing this song in each of the bands that have played it, and I've actually performed it live as Midnight Notion as well. And I hope to perform it live more in the future. But uh, that's how it goes for now. So if you want to listen to more of the archives, you can do that on Spotify, MidnightNotion.com, CD Baby, all of the places. And speaking of Midnight Notion songs, that means we have reached the end of the episode. Ah, oh, it goes so fast. I'd like to say thank you to the sponsor that could have sponsored this episode, which is Pterodactyls. Uh, if you'd like to submit a dream to the podcast, you surely can. Write an email to podcast at MidnightNotion.com. Or call it in at 612-643-0944. Remember to like, share, and subscribe so we can share these dreams with the world. Leave a comment or a review, and I'll comment right back at you. Might even read your review on this uh, podcast. So anyway, I've been Bryce Collin. This has been Somewhere in Dreamworld. And until next time, sleep well, dream well, and be well.